I can tell you that I'm not happy, but I'm here. I'm not happy, but I'm here. Yeah. I love that. I'm stealing that. Yeah. That is beautiful. I wasn't happy with what was going on and we're not happy with, you know, with, yeah. you know, but not know, at one point, not knowing what he was going through, you yeah. know, I'm not happy to, you know, that, you know, suddenly that, you know, everything that, you know, just, I, I just had to jump in, but guess what? I did it because I'm here. I'm your wife. I'm her. I'm it for you. I hope, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to join the What The F community to hear even more conversations that will make you laugh, cry, and feel more connected. All I'm asking you to do is click on that subscribe button that's right on your screen. I love your support, and it is so inspiring and amazing to see all of your comments. Thank you so much for subscribing. It means the world. Here we go. Hey guys, welcome to What the F. I'm so excited about today's episode with Charles and Diane Ellison here to talk about epilepsy and marriage. Before we get started, I really want to thank SK Life Science and Neuralis for making conversations that are as important as this possible. Thank you so much. And here we go. Hi, Charles. Hi, Diane. Oh, thank you. I thank you so much for being here. Like it's just, it's so appreciated um, by me and I know by the community as well. Um, Before we dive in, I would like to do, uh, you know, give the audience a little bit of context about who you guys are, Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, as I've mentioned, Charles, uh, we've got like 14 note cards to (laughs) talk about who you are. Um, But pardon? I'm pretty busy. <laughs> I believe it. That's the thing yes. I need to ask you. Like, how do you do this? Um, so Charles is an award-winning thought leader, political strategist, commentator, journalist, and advocacy expert. You may have seen or heard him on CSNBC, Word Radio, or as a weekly guest on Al Sharpton's radio show, Keeping It Real. He's a lead consultant in the Council of State Governments, Eastern Region Council on Committees of Color. He is a 2023 Emerson Collective Fellow, Um which who, and this is just coming to a wraps right now, congratulations, uh, created a plan called Green Living Plan, which centers on black voices and decision-making on climate crisis. He is also the owner of BE Strategy, which is a boutique public relations firm. Um, and Charles is a person living with epilepsy. Diane, thank you so much for being here too, who is his wife, who is the co-principal, senior strategist of BE Strategy. And when I asked you guys to describe BE Strategy, and Charles was like, um, it's a boutique firm. Diane was like, really? Is that all? Because I think we, <laughs> I think we do a lot. Uh, so thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, and I would just love to just get started and, you know, talk about how epilepsy entered you know, both of your lives. Mm-hmm. Well, first, thank you for having us, Landis. Um, you want to start? You want to? It's been a journey, right? Mm-hmm. So it started in, actually in 2022, at the end of 2022, with a big major seizure that happened while I was in bed, like we were both in mm-hmm. bed. Uh, there was a lot of convulsions that took place and it was rather violent. Uh, there was some blood that was involved in that as well. Uh, I feel really sorry for the experience that uh, both Diane and also our youngest daughter went through because the youngest daughter like like rushed into the room as everything because she was mm-hmm. hearing the commotion. So they had to call paramedics, everything uh, for that particular seizure, that big event seizure. We didn't know what was going on, obviously, because this is the first time that something like this had ever happened to me. I've been healthy all throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Never had, you know, the only thing that I've ever had that was bad was, you know, just sort of the common cold, right? You know, maybe like yeah, the man cold. Right, right. The man cold. <laughs> I get the man cold every now and then. So I've always, you know, we always are big on staying healthy and sticking with a healthy diet, et cetera. So this was really eventful. We or I was transported when the paramedics, it was very uh, traumatic too for the neighborhood. Because that's something, you know, they, we just don't normally see paramedic driving up. And they took us to the hospital that we were, you know, we have a very uh very nice uh, middle class, upper middle class community, very capable. But the hospital that they zone us to uh, is not very equipped to handle these sorts of events. And so I was taken to that hospital, spent the night there, 
you know, went through some violent convulsions. I didn't oh, know yeah. what was going on. I actually have blacked out. And, I, you know, all of this is actually what Diane is telling me or and also what my da daughter is telling me. Blacked out, woke up. I'm in the hospital. Find out what's going on. But they just they just informed us that, hey, this is this is just a one off. This is what a lot okay. of people deal with. They get one seizure in their life. They, it passes on, nothing to worry about. They didn't do any di really big, deep, in-depth diagnosis to find out, hey, this could be something bigger. This mm -hmm. is something you really need to investigate. This mm -hmm. could be perhaps epilepsy. None of that conversation took place and I was released that morning. And that was it. Wow, and you were released. Do you think this was a result of being zoned to that particular hospital? Or do you think it's just luck of the draw because i have heard the story before where someone has a convulsive seizure rather violent things like that and then someone tells them like um actually one of my guests like the doctor was like you need to do more yoga like you're fine and she she was like in her 30s you know yeah. um and so do you and you don't have to answer this question if you feel like it's too <laughs> pressing but sometimes i feel like it's a reflection of where you are well i think it, i think that his vitals were so so on point Right. Mm. So he got to the hospital and they did some initial testing mm -hmm. and he was fine. Everything seems fine. They could not locate anything, but they should have taken a deeper dive into yeah. what exactly is happening. Yeah. Um, and that was the problem. The problem yeah. was it's like, OK, you know, blood tests, you know, certain types mm -hmm. of tests. Um, sure. Yeah. Any EG, something, something to, you know just some or monitoring maybe even just day yeah. for monitoring um they did a cat scan and they couldn't okay. and it did not show up on the cat scan right. nothing okay. um like i said he was fine he was like it, he looked fine mm -hmm. but there was something there he wasn't fine you know mm -hmm. and that led to and, and in fact they had called a bit late you know diane was and we'll get into this a little bit later about um how relationships where relationships, marriages like ours manage this type of condition. Mm -hmm. uh, that is a, a fantastic advocate. She's been a fantastic advocate through this journey, through this experience. But you know, she had been pressing them, pressing them. Hey, we need to get an EEG. When they called back, they called me. So, and when they called me, you know, mm -hmm. I had already kind of moved on. Was one was very busy. I had a, a, a daily radio show, busy with my public affairs firm, et cetera. So I missed a call, one on that account, and then two, I was also, I had bought into the narrative that, you know, mm -hmm. this is just a one-off. It wasn't totally. a Well, it absolutely, wasn't. because why wouldn't you want to buy into that narrative? Yeah. I right. would be like, okay, that's what they say. I have, I have listened to doctor's advice that I know is wrong, but mm -hmm. I'm like, it's the answer I want. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily the best doctor. And I was like, but that's what I want to hear. So I get it as a patient, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we do. And then that's the, why we all need Diane in our life. That's why we need Diane, right, right. She she stayed on it and she yeah. knew something was wrong and her instinct was telling her, you know what, we need to really follow up on this. We should have stuck with that instinct because several months later, uh, we had another big event. And this happened and about four months later. Four months later, mm -hmm. an absence seizure happened mm -hmm. while I was on air broadcasting. Four back to that. Four, four, four of those seizures back to back, oh, which wow. led to a uh, ultimately it culminated into a fifth very violent one. By the time we got to the hospital, now that one happened on air. I had guests. The guests noticed something was wrong. Station management, they're watching this. Also, they're hearing it. People are hearing it. This mm -hmm. is a big radio station in Philadelphia, but they also live stream it nationally, so people can hear it, see it everything's audibly and visibly wrong uh that people are starting to talk about it station management called diane and i you know i'm, I'm in my room you know doors closed because it's like a studio room sure she's like i, I didn't i don't know it's, and she rushes in there uh, but you know our, our daughter who's kind of also hears something something's wrong and uh rushes in and diane gets me to the somehow you know manage well this time Diane makes a call because the, the station management's like, hey, listen, you need us to call 911. She said, no, don't, because the last mm -hmm. time you are they good. sent us to the <laughs> hospital we were zoned to. I don't want that happening again. She mm -hmm. called the 
who is in the healthcare profession and asked her, hey, do you know the best hospital in this region? You know, we're in the, in the DC region who mm-hmm. handles these types of events well and, and effectively. And so they told us and we went, well, well Diane, something managed to, to get me in the car and get us to that hospital. Drove 23 miles in rush hour traffic to right. get him oh, there. Oh, wow. Right, and, we, wow. and right before the she last- tell it, because she, she remembers. Yeah. Last, yeah. Right before the last seizure happened, um, he had experienced from the first seizure, he had experienced three additional ones. So a total of four. Mm-hmm. Got to the hospital and I just ran in and said, in a calm manner, listen, my husband is having a seizure. If you don't come right now, he's not going to make it. Mm. And the guard looked at me like, and just, they took action. But by the time they got him out of the car, that's when the big one came. Wow. At that point, his kidney, liver, spleen, everything was shutting down. Oh, my goodness. And then they got him um, and gave him the first seizure medication. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, he was allergic. Oh, God. This is like, that's like your worst nightmare. Yeah. It is. It was. Because by the time I got back there, they allowed me to get back there. Mm -hmm. He is probably about, maybe at this this point, 20 pounds heavier in just those few minutes. Because it's blowing him up. He has And I said, something is wrong. I said, I don't believe it's the seizures. What did you guys give him? And then one of the nurses looked at me and said, woman, wow. And they mentioned the drug and I said, is he allergic? And then everyone stopped and said, there's a possibility he might be allergic. Mm. They kicked me out because now we're trying to get that out of his system. It was another scary, um, even scarier than the, than seeing him go through the seizures. Yeah. And um, I just want to point out, um, like props to you, Diane, on your advocacy here, because like, you know, and I think there's so many people who could benefit from hearing this as well. Like, um, if you live in an area like, you know, like I, I'm in Chicago, you guys are in DC where there are multiple hospitals to go to. Yes. You know, taking that extra time to get to the right one. I know I've done that so many times because ambulances do the same thing here in Chicago. It's like they take you to the closest one mm-hmm. and um, or not the same thing. I shouldn't say, it, but whatever it is, they take you to me and I have begged them to take me to the right hospital. And they're like, we just can't. Sorry. You know, um, and so then I started taking Ubers when I needed to go <laughs> to, you know, the correct hospital. Yeah. Um, and then also just you speaking up. And saying this is, you know, because I feel like sometimes we can, I don't know, like choke in those situations. Like, I don't know, I guess the doctors and nurses, they know what they're doing, but you were just like, no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) something is wrong. That's just very incredible. And I just want, I just want to point that out to the audience just because like, I, I, I know I'm learning from this, you know, just sometimes just like speaking up. I think sometimes we're just like afraid to speak up when we're in, you know, the, Mm -hmm the presence of medical teams and stuff, just because we assume they know better, but you know, your husband better yeah. than any of those nurses and doctors. So just props. Amazing. Yeah. And Thank I'm you. so sorry, but doesn't take, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Yeah. Fucking yeah. awful. Yeah. I was his advocate. I had no choice. Um, and we've, uh, you know, we are a college sweetheart. So we've been together for eons. Almost 30 years. <laughs> oh my gosh. Congratulations. That is, I love that. Yes. So we had time to learn each other and to know when something's wrong. And that's very important. You know, um, when you're growing um, old together, when you're in a relationship to understand when something's wrong. Yes. Um, and then, then for, you know, for me being a female um, and I, Maybe I shouldn't say, maybe it's not a gender role. Maybe it's just a role, you know, it's just me. You know, it's anyone it can happen to, but I'm sort of verbal in the sense that if I'm not feeling well, I would say I'm not feeling well. Mm -hmm. Majority, and that's what, when I said gender, the majority of males, when they're not feeling well, what do they do? Well, I'm I'm okay. 
Are you sure? To, we get very yeah. introverted. We escape within yeah. ourselves. So, yeah. so it's important for me, and especially now after this diagnosis, to understand when Charles is saying, oh, I'm doing fine or I'm feeling fine, but I can see the signs that he's not. So, and I, at first I used to think, well, he's in denial, but there are days where he's just not seeing it. Mm. Wow. He's just an autopilot. You should talk to my fiance. He feels the same way. <laughs> he tells me that too. <laughs> and there are many days that he's like, I'm doing well. I'm doing fine. What are you seeing? You know, I'm, you know, and I'm like, ah, and then, you know, by the end of the night or that morning, a mini seizure will happen mm -hmm. because it's very important to understand, you know, um, when he's not or because he doesn't know he has no idea yeah the time yeah yeah i've been it's yeah fine. i think that's pretty common too to just not sometimes just not be aware because it's kind of this new existence and it's especially new for you charles and for both of you as this is i mean it hasn't even been a year since mm -hmm. your diagnosis which honestly like makes this conversation even more incredible because like i know myself included could not have the courage to talk about it this early on um yeah. and just really appreciate that you guys are doing this um and having this conversation what and so so we know so what happened where we left off with um the allergic reaction in the hospital the allergic reaction he stayed yeah. in the hospital for about um two weeks two weeks oh, and god the eeg happened okay right? the eeg that he was avoiding yeah that they are the worst <laughs> i understand charles <laughs> but he didn't think that he needed <laughs> no he it was a one-off well it happened thank goodness because that saved him yeah. then he was diagnosed with the adult the onset of epilepsy okay yeah. so then became our different so we were happy but the most important role that i played after was not to be satisfied with just that. I was happy um, to hear, finally, we found out what was going on. Mm -hmm. But it was more important to find out why. And many people in the medical industry, there's, um, they're used to doing things a certain way. So Sometimes there's no way that they can stop to find out why. But that's where you have to be an advocate. And well, I love that, that you said most important role is to not be satisfied with just the answer. Yeah. But yeah. to dig deeper. Like, holy shit, that is beautiful. <laughs> wow. I, wow. I wanted to ensure that I wasn't being a noose. I mean, I wasn't like sending it back. Right. I wasn't being a nuisance. I wasn't, you know, just in everyone's face, but I mm -hmm. wanted to, to let everyone understand if you're telling me that he's healthy and that his, you know, vitals are great. Um, and the most important thing is that he took care of himself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If they said, well, you know, your, your husband was this and that, and he did this and that, it was a different story, but they could tell based on all the the results, the tests, the blood results, they can tell. They were like, oh, when he said, not much of a drink, you can tell. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, I've never smoked, or I've never done this, or I've never done that. I've never mm -hmm. abused, you know, I eat well. They were able to see that. Mm -hmm. And because of it, I sort of used that and pushed it in their face. Hey, this is not someone who doesn't have pride in himself. If it's hereditary, let us know. If it's something that just happened, let us know. But there is a reason. I'm sort of a cause and effect thinker. Um, and that was what drove me to constantly not giving up and mm -hmm. not just saying, okay, um, you know, it is what it is. He has epilepsy. And I, I talk to so many people who have this drive as well to know where it came from, especially people with adult onset, mm -hmm. um, which I am one of those as well. And, and that's where I feel very, 
oddly fortunate because mine was from most likely from a brain surgery I had to remove a brain tumor. So mm-hmm. the cause and effect there was pretty clear. You know, it's like, we don't know for sure, but probably kind of thing. Yeah. Were you, are you still, is this a search or a quest it, you're still on? It's, it's a great question. Um, we, we did finally get, get to that conclusion and we, and, and that, that was it real quick before I tell you what that, that was, what that end conclusion was. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Chicago, I was a very good friend of mine who also was one of my ongoing guests on mm-hmm. my uh, previous radio program. Well, I, Cause I had been broadcasting for about seven years on mm-hmm. w- RD in Philly. And after this event, I, I just, I retired from radio broadcasting because it's just too much, especially daily. That's a daily radio broadcast for three hours a day, three hours a day. Yeah. So, and which is a long time. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, yeah. So can you, ta- I just, sorry, I want to, I want, I want to hear about your guest in Chicago, but before I just want to, what is the, why you said I retired from that after the second event of, you know, and kind of learning you've epilepsy. Can you walk us through a little bit of that decision? You know, it's, it's funny because <laughs> for uh, a few years, my wife had been telling me, hey, uh, you know, because that, that was a public affairs program. So I would cover public policy, politics, the whole gambit. And especially after the 2020 elections, which was very busy, extremely busy. My wife what was there to talk about? Exactly. Especially I'm in a battleground state. Yeah. Uh, my wife had, had was hot, was recommending strongly. She's like, you know what? Maybe it's time to hang this up because it's a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it's also something I was very passionate about mm-hmm. and I love doing. And I was really good at. And so, but after this event, I realized that once she once she was right, I should have listened to her earlier. But we so, always are. Can we can can we just we have that, that on the record? <laughs> on the record now, right? I will send you this clip so you can just replay it. And replay I'll just it, hold right, it up right. on your phone. Like, over and over <laughs> again. On, right, exactly. <laughs> Put it on loop, right? So once she was right, and then two, mm-hmm. how was I going to be able to manage a daily three-hour public affairs radio program that was really intensive? Mm-hmm. That had also national reach. How was I going to be able to do that with this new diagnosis? This was something that kind of that that kind of of, of profession mm-hmm. could actually worsen the condition, mm-hmm. and so I, I started to become afraid for my life in a really big way. Yeah. I felt like the ra- I loved the radio show, but I felt like you know what con- continuing at that pace was was an existential threat, and so mm-hmm. you know this is time this is the time. So I had that final ra- I actually got back from the hospital, had that final show, went to the Which whole- Which is beautiful. Yeah. And I'm- Thank you. I'm and, going to put it in the, the, if you want to listen to that, I will put it in the episode description. I highly recommend you do. Thank mm-hmm. you, thank you. And, and no one, none of the listeners or the viewers knew what was coming because I went through the whole three hours, like everything was fine. Everybody was happy to have me back. It wasn't until the very end of the show where I told everyone, hey, listen, this is the final broadcast. Uh, and so this is what happened. And I thought that it was not only responsible, but that the audience also, you know, they deserve that. And, and not only that, but people need to learn about that. Epilepsy mm-hmm. is not something mm-hmm. we hide. It, it's something that a, a lot of people are dealing with. And a lot of people, a lot of families are struggling with. So, and we need to do more research. We need to raise more awareness and more resources uh, and funding and, and medical attention to it, right? So yeah. I thought that and that that's, was, that segment was with uh, uh, the producer. I'm going to mess up. General that. manager of mm-hmm. WURD. So she has epilepsy. I found out. Yeah. You and know? you did, and which is amazing because you didn't know that before, right? I, I did not know that before exactly. And it happens all the time where, like, all of a sudden you say I have epilepsy, and that people are like, "Oh, me too," or "Oh, my brother," "Oh, my cousin." You know, it's just like. It's very, and that, I think that's partially why that episode or that segment rather is so right. moving when right. you hear two people with epilepsy talking to each other about a very real moment. And I really appreciate you, both of you putting that out there. So it's, and, it, and it's funny how like the, the show, uh, you know, I, I, I also had, you know, was able to establish some friendships out of that experience, the show. One of those yeah. friendships was with a doctor. He's, he's actually in Chicago. He teaches at the University of Illinois, Chicago, teaches medicine, but he's mm-hmm. also does emergency medicine. 
but he kept telling me after the experience, he said, man, he said, okay, so you have epilepsy. He's like, keep pressing them on what caused it. He's like, have you found out yet? So months had already gone by. He's like, have you found out yet? I'm like, mm -hmm. no. He's like, it's been my experience in years of medicine that there's always a cause. Like things don't just happen or appear out of the blue. Mm -hmm. So he's like, that, that's just really strange. He's like, but it's not so strange because he's like, uh, unfortunately, that's how my community works. And he's my, my professional community. So keep pressing them on that. And we eventually found out that the big trigger for it was, um, has been sleep apnea. Mm -hmm. It's been sleep oh, apnea. Wow. Really bad, uh, really bad form of sleep apnea. Oh, so now goodness. we've just recently um, started to get that treated. And, 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 and so that's, you know, and, and we'll see where that heads next in terms of getting this under control and managing it better. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you, so you went on a deep dive looking for an underlying cause and sleep apnea. Was this something you were unaware you, you were suffering from before or were you like, Oh, my sleep was a little. Yeah, I, I, sleeping was, you know, I definitely, uh, had, you know, she's been dealing with it for years. It snored really bad. Um, yeah. Diane, what's your take on that? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the sleep apnea was, was when they did the study, the sleep study and everything, it, it's, it's really bad. So, yeah. oh, go ahead. so I, th I felt it was important to push for a sleep study because I wasn't getting a, um, you know, cut and dry answer on what the cause was. So I mm -hmm. went, um, and, you know, uh, I did several different things. Um, we started doing support group with the epilepsy foundation. Mm -hmm. It was very important for us to, um, let Charles see that there are, other adults dealing with this um, and to be embedded in that type of community, um, the support, um, the knowledge, um, and just the plain, just um, joy of bringing back the fact that you're grateful to being alive, you're grateful, you know, you may not be happy with your diagnosis, but you're, you know, you're alive and you're, you're thriving. Mm -hmm. so many other aspects and I, I wanted to so I started I started going to and doing one um one or two I did a few I, I believe on my own and I said to him hey you really you know this is for you you really need to start doing it and then we started really embedding ourselves into anytime there was a support group and we can make it and it's all virtual we were like oh, there it goes let's let's sign up for it um the best thing that I've done, right? It was yeah. scary. Yeah. I was hearing I some scary stories, mm -hmm. but I was doing it with the community. Um, prior to that, I was staying up at night listening to him snore. <laughs> and Although it sounds real simple and, and maybe even laughable on some level, yeah. but yeah. It, it's, it's not real serious. Yeah, listening that listening yeah. to him snore, I, I stayed up. And I um, just was researching on the internet, which is a very, is very scary. You yes. know, you hear all different types of stories, right? Dr. Google is terrifying it and is. sometimes helpful. And it's this weird balance. You yeah. Know? yeah, it is. And yeah. but, but it also helped me. It made me realize that we needed support. Um, and if I was going to be an advocate for Charles and his health, I, that I needed, you know, I needed help. Um, you know, with like 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 minded people, not just you know friends and family members. I need people who get it, that people, people who, who understand. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. and that's what we did. And um, then I started looking at different things, and I said, you know what, the snoring. Man. Um, and I was just determined. I said we were. It, it's it got so bad that, you know, earplugs, nothing. I wouldn't sleep at night because. Oh God. You no. Know, but he would stop breathing and I was just, I would be there just to, uh. and he said, well, maybe I could sleep in a different room. And I said, absolutely not. Yeah. Not if you stop breathing. I was gonna, it sounds yeah. like you're, you're, you're not breathing properly. Yeah. So why would I, you know, separate from you? I said, you need me. I said, you don't need me during the day. You definitely need me at night <laughs> <laughs> during, your sleep, during your sleeping period. So, 
that's what happened. We actually, you know, went and I said, Hey, you know, um, I think we need to do a sleep study. You know, his sleeping is really off and I'm not sure if he's breathing right. And, uh, we had a, a, uh, we have a young, um, primary care physician for Charles who was like, you know what? He cares. He's like, okay, you know, we're, we're, we can't find out. We're not at that point we did not know the cause or the potential sleep apnea, but he was like, huh, let me see. Okay. And then he wrote the referral. We did the sleep study and it took them maybe about four or five months to come back with the results. No one could find the results. Wait, they just got lost? They just got lost. Oh, Dear sweet Moses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. I was like, what kind of study? I thought it was like maybe some integrative study where like they have to send it off to yeah. Europe. You know, no, they just lost. Okay. They just lost, lost. it. I'm but so sorry. Our, but our doctor was determined and he kept on pressing and pressing and he's like, okay, before we ask them to do another sleep, sleep study, let me see. And then he found out and, you know, it like, the amount of time he stopped breathing during the night, um, oh. you know, the fact mm. that he wasn't getting enough oxygen, yeah. the fact that he had a busy schedule, um, he had to, he was doing all these heady things during the day prior to, you know, you know, um, him being diagnosed, diagnosed. Mm -hmm. um, it, it just led to them believing that this could potentially be a cause. Yeah. And that's when we started on the journey that this, wow. this seems like it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I'm obviously not a doctor. I don't know, but like the whole concept of like it started in your sleep. Yeah. That's the origin, mm -hmm. you know? Like, sleep is very important. Yeah. I mean, if it's one thing we've definitely mm -hmm. learned yeah. from this experience, or one of the big important things that people tend to take it for granted. Uh, but I, I would really stress to your audience how important sleep is rest, yes. you know, resting yeah. your body and not just three, four hours of sleep at a time. No, like now I sleep is extremely critical and important mm -hmm. to me. So yeah. like, I'm, I don't care. Like, I'm like, I'm going to get that full yeah. eight hours of sleep. Yeah. It's and, like a non-starter once you have epilepsy. Because, that's right. Yeah. That's right. You know, like I used to kind of, I mean, yeah, I used to stay up late and write and do things. And like, I always needed sleep, but like at 32 when I was diagnosed with epilepsy, it was like, well, now I really need it. This is just a non-negotiable you know mm -hmm. i'm the fun one in bed at like 8 30 you know <laughs> <laughs> sounds like <laughs> yeah. yeah well and the seizure meds make you tired as it is so it's like you know yeah, yeah. you might as well not fight it but it is it's not easy though we joke about it right now but it's not an easy transition you yeah. know especially when you're used to living a very busy lifestyle yeah, yeah. um and so I guess like, what does that look like for, you know, you guys as, uh, you know, you, Charles, as, you know, um, an individual, but also you two as a couple, like, cause this is a huge life transition and you're like, no shit. <laughs> you don't need to tell me like, I know, um, but like, I'm just so curious as to what that looks like, um, you know, for someone, you know, who thrives and does so well, you know, public speaking and all of these engagements and like in the middle of your fellowship, um, you know, and I, I got the fact that you are, you have completed it is like beyond mm -hmm. to me. Like, I'm just like, what? Like how? Um, and then, you know, just what this looks like, you know, how, how it's changed, uh, you know, dynamics in your relationship, you know? You know, at first, I all off. I'd like to also give props or just a big up to the Emerson Collective for being really patient with me through this process mm -hmm. because I found out that I had epilepsy. I had this seizure in the middle of my fellowship and a rather busy fellowship at that. So they were very understanding, extremely patient, uh, very very helpful, and so that that really that 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 was very. They were very supportive. Uh, I love that, hearing that. That means a whole lot to me. Yeah. So, you know, absolutely. I just, I just need to put that on the record that I appreciate them for doing that. And, and I'm going to tell them again uh, <laughs> at the end of the fellowship. So that's, that's one, but uh, you know, uh, definitely it's been, it's been traumatic. 
it, it's resulted in an overhauling of how I look at life, how I perceive life, mm -hmm. but also how I appreciate life, how I appreciate the most important person in my life, how I appreciate my family. You know, because we it's not just Diane, my wife, you know, we have three children. And so they're all grown. We have one, the youngest one's in college now. So, you know, and I want to be around. I want to be around for a longer time to see everyone grow and evolve and be successful. And I want to make a, a contribution to the bigger, broader world and contribute to the common good mm -hmm. so they have a better world to live in, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, but in order for me to do that, it requires me to restructure my life or how I carry it out. Uh, and that's not, that's, that's a good thing. So like I just told you a few moments ago, sleep. Mm -hmm. Got to get that eight hours of sleep so I can operate better, right? Mm -hmm. Structure my schedule, restructure the way that I'm uh, engaging my routine, how I am engaging work, right? That's that's yeah. very important. What you consume uh, what, during what, the day. What I consume during the day, the type of information I'm consuming, totally. the type of content I'm consuming during the day, what I'm reading, what I'm watching, mm -hmm. what I'm listening what to. you're eating. What I'm eating, you know, that's, that's all yeah. very important. So mm -hmm. that's... Those are those are some very good changes in lifestyle that that have that that I've that I've now um, that I've now carried out that I, I feel have been a big plus in addition to changing the way that I engage my relationship and my partnership mm -hmm. with. I mean, we always had a partnership; we were always best friends, my wife and I. But now it's just it's been so. On so many levels, it's been so much more different and so much more fulfilling mm -hmm. since this has happened. Uh, I, it's it, it's kind of like it's it's hard to explain on so many levels, but it's just yeah. been so magnificent the way that our relationship now works more in terms of how we are going through this journey together and also appreciating uh, the world we live in together, appreciating mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, perspective totally changes with epilepsy. Right. Mm -hmm. And I love that you say, I love how you're saying, you know, like it's a restructuring and it's kind of like all the things that we know are, we're supposed to do as humans, as every human is supposed to do become like a little bit more vital right. when mm -hmm. you have epilepsy. Right. Like that's kind of like, like how you're saying, like, even like from the, the media you take in to what you eat to, you know, sleep, like these, like, basic things that we all know we're supposed to do, right? All of a sudden become like, kind of like, not nah, have to, if I want to have live, literally live the best life tomorrow, you know, because all these things we have to do are for kind of like longevity, right? And it's like, well, you know, it's better to eat healthy for, you know, your heart down the road. And it's like, yeah, it's better to eat healthy right now. <laughs> Yeah. because I otherwise will have a seizure in a few hours, you know, or I, I have to sleep well right now because otherwise I'll have a seizure tomorrow. It's yeah. kind of like our, just our cause and effects are so much quicker now. Right. And that's, and that's what I hear you describing. And, um, and like, it's very cool that you appreciate it as well. Um, cause I know when I was like less than a year in, I wasn't where you are. I was like, fuck this noise. I hate this shit. I can't do anything. You know, like, yeah, so I, I get it too. I, I get it because, you know, my life before then was extremely busy and frenetic and fast paced. Mm -hmm. Some might even say, well, at least on the professional level, a bit chaotic, mm -hmm. right? Especially with a radio show, put a radio show in that and trying to run a business. Right? That's crazy. So now uh, I feel like I've reached a sort of there's a calm mm. to it all now throughout the day. Like I, it's still busy, but yeah. it's still fun too. You know, people are thinking, "Oh, you must, it sounds boring." No, it's not. It's actually mm -hmm. really fun because there's 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 a, a stability to it mm -hmm. all, a, a calm structure. You know, that, that, that you structure. Know structure. There's a, there's a nirvana that yeah. I'm feeling that, that I love. <laughs> I like it, and I'm like. Mm -hmm. what? this before i should have been doing this before i even found out about that <laughs> yes. cool, right? I, oh god i relate so hard to that because my i lived a little bit of a frenetic life before um, my first seizure too and it was just like all of a sudden like everything just shifted overnight exactly. um yeah and i and it was, it's not that like and i maybe you can agree with this too like in the frenetic lifestyle it wasn't that i wasn't having fun i loved that life mm -hmm. but now i look back and i'm like mm, it probably just wasn't the healthiest 
I love doing all of those things. Granted, I wasn't on a radio show. I was not on a three-hour radio show. However, like it was just, you know, I love doing, having my hand in like all these different buckets. And then it was just like, well, maybe that wasn't the most fulfilling way to live life, you know? Um, And you also mentioned, you know, how it changed um, the dynamic of your partnership. And, um, And Diane, I know you had mentioned too, you wanted to talk about that as well. Like, how do you feel that things have shifted, which is still, it's, I almost feel like it's an unfair question because it's still, it hasn't even been a year. Definitely time um, is, is definitely writing the book on how we deal with it. Mm. So we are evolving as um, people, individuals, but we're also evolving as a couple. Um, and we're evolving with this diagnosis, right? And um, I think, the more time goes by is now we're, we're learning how to deal with it. Um, yeah. Successfully, you know, uh, because at the beginning it was really, really hard for us. Um, at the beginning mm-hmm. when Charles got out of the hospital, one, uh, a doctor told us one episode or one, um, of his seizures was like running a 26 mile marathon. Yeah. That's what it feels like. I don't know. That's what I always felt like yeah. after. That's right. Right after. Right. So yeah. And know. like I was pushing a truck. I was like, I feel like I pushed a truck and ran for 26 miles simultaneously. I don't know, Charles, that was your experience, but I'm, oh, I'm yeah. so glad a doctor recognized that. Cause sometimes you have to say that to a doctor. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it is cool. Yeah. And then he got out of the hospital and he, I mean, after having five. So, um, just, everything that he used to do. Um, suddenly it was like, oh, um, am I taking the trash out now? <laughs> oh, am <laughs> I doing this now? <laughs> so <laughs> we had- uh, We did not discuss this. <laughs> we had a relationship um, where, uh, you know, for many years where, you know, we always try to rely on the person who, was better at something to take lead, not to be responsible for it, but to take lead, right? That is so beautiful. So Charles is better at, you know, understanding the, you know, the ins and out, um, you know, just civic literacy, like, you know. And and how to take out the trash. He's just- <laughs> how to take out the trash, right? And Charles was, you know, good about that stuff. So, you mm-hmm. know, when it was to like election time, you know, I would ask him all these questions and I would, you know, drop my own conclusion. But, you know, I let him take the lead on, like, you know, I really listened to what he had to say because he was, you know, the expert, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, and that's how our uh, marriage relationship and partnership us for many years and mm. suddenly it was just diane yeah and um at first um you're like man you get your prep talk and you're like oh i'm gonna do it because of course my husband is important to me and i need to him to get better and i'm doing it because i love him and then you get angry mm-hmm. gosh you know I gotta do everything. I'm trying to figure this out. And, mm-hmm. you know, and um, not necessarily angry with him, just angry yeah. with the, the what you went through, the diagnosis. And then I sat down one day and I said, but who are you angry with? Yeah. Because you don't want that anger to spill over in your relationship. I'm like, but I'm angry with the world. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm angry that we had to, you know, we had to go through this, you know, he, he, you know, he lived a healthy lifestyle. Like why, why? And then I was like, oh, wow. But this is not something that I do. I don't ask why, you know, I pick up and I keep moving, Mm -hmm. but it was my one moment of saying, you know what? I need to refresh. I need to take a look at it um, and I need to count my blessings. At the end of the day, on those two um, occasions, those separate uh, occasions, I could have lost my husband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So okay, he's not, he, he doesn't have the, um, the strength that he had 
you know, right when he came out, um, he's, you know, he looks like a different person. He lost weight. He just, you know, his memory, oh, gosh, you know, um, mm, so also has always been a better driver than I am. Maybe it's just me like liking to be in the passenger seat. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a there was that period of you know several months. Well, well six months, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, after I I'm, I was supposed to drive. Yeah. you know, like based on state law. Actually, seven. Mm-hmm. seven they extended right. it. They extended yeah. it a little by like, a month. That's so random. That was on one level it was yeah. difficult because you know I lost some independence there, but on another yeah. level, that also was refreshing because. You know, to because she had to, uh, she had to step in and she had to drive everywhere and drive me everywhere. So, <laughs> so just I mean, my love for her being that advocate and doing things like that uh, became much strong. It was already strong, but it became much stronger and more mm-hmm. resolute because of that. I mean, I have to say that. I mean, Diane's always been this remarkable woman. I mean, since the days we met right the days we met in college mm-hmm. it was always this remarkable just beautiful woman and uh, you know beautiful woman a beautiful girlfriend to fiance to their wife beautiful lover and then the remarkable woman for raising you know three girls mm-hmm. you know watching that and then remarkable for then helping me create and start and grow this this business which has been going on for about a decade now but she has now, like, because of this experience, she's transitioned into, or for me, the way I look at it, she has now transitioned into my Athena. She's like mm-hmm. this goddess of mythical proportions now for what she's handling, for what she's doing, uh, for how she is has risen to the occasion. And it's 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 like I, I love her so much mm-hmm. for how she's doing that, how she's mm-hmm. And she stepped into that role so, so swiftly, mm-hmm. like it, it, it was just so amazing. Once I, I, you know, came out of that blackout and even in the hospital, like I woke up that second seizure, the really big one where we found out I had epilepsy and I'm like, oh no, not again. But immediately after I, came out of the blackness, out of the darkness, I looked around and she's right there. She's right there at that side in the ER. And she's like, I'm here. She's like, I'm here. And I'm like, you know what? She, she was everywhere. She did not miss or skip a beat. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I wish that for everyone. I wish a Diane for everyone who's going through mm-hmm. uh, epilepsy, through through something as traumatic as something as real and something as de- really as destructive as this i wish everyone has can can get um has or had a diane um like mm-hmm. I, i'm i'm really lucky i'm very fortunate and i i i realize that i remember that every day i have to remind myself of that every day i'm very fortunate cuz a lot of people don't have that you know most people i i suspect you know i haven't done the data on this but most people i suspect who are going I didn't Mm-mm. a lot of people are single going through this yeah it's it's terrible and it's um, not no i i wish i had diane it's not easy the model she's the model it's not easy being a diane because then you know i was taking up so much right that mm. um my blood pressure spiked oh no so then i had you know to watch it mm-hmm. and that's what i did yeah I had to start saying, okay, Charles, I think you're ready to take responsibility for your health now. Yeah. So certain things I had to shift back to him. Like I was like, okay, what? it's time for you to take your pills. Time for you to take your medication. Thank yeah. you to do this. Thank you to do that. Because, and then I said, oh no, you have to live whether or not I'm around. So, um, and I want to live if I yeah. continue, you know, to, um, and I'm always going to be his advocate, right? I'm always yeah. going to be there. I'm always going to be right behind him, right? As long as I'm here, but it's very, it was very important for me to also say, okay, now we have to shift. So we went through a lot of different stages and it yeah. hasn't been a year. Right. And like, that's the thing is like, there's more to come. 
there's more there's, to come. There's more stages to come because there always is with epilepsy, which is the most frustrating thing mm -hmm. I think about it. And what I really appreciate about both of you is how you both have acknowledged the, you know, Charles, while you say like, you know, this is traumatic and this is, you know, awful, like, but I'm still grateful for the perspective that it's given me for the life changes I've had. And, you know, and same with you, Diane, you're like acknowledging the anger, you know, and the anger it causes, which it's so weird to be angry at epilepsy. It's just the weirdest. Cause you just feel like, like you said, like, who am I angry at yeah. a thing, a thing in the brain? Like, you know, it's just so bizarre, but then you also acknowledge like how, you know, how it's made you uh, appreciate your husband being here. I just, I just, and that leads me to saying how much I love how both of you acknowledge both all the sides, not just both sides. Cause there's not just two, there's a gazillion sides, you know, and that delicate dance that you were doing, Diane, to like, you know, be like, okay, I was the one, you know, telling you this, but now, um, my health is kind of, you know, suffering. So I need to step back and you need to go for, like, I can't even imagine what that feels like for both of you, you know, just that, like, um, because it's, it's like almost like walking on eggshells with your health, you know, and just trying to figure out like, how do we, you know, how do we recalibrate again? Yeah. And it's what you guys are doing is so amazing. Um, and I would like to know if you had, if you, I mean, and again, this question almost feels unfair, but like, if you had any advice for couples that were just, you know, just starting this out, you know, who were you last uh, March or you last November, what, what advice would you give them? I would say honesty. Honesty yeah. is key. Honesty and just everyday living, honesty mm -hmm. in who you are, honesty in, you know, if you don't know how you're feeling, I don't know how I'm feeling today. You know, but can you keep track of me? Because I don't know how I'm feeling today. Mm. Honestly, and, you know, what's going on? Like for us, um, because, you know, we have a partnership, you know, business, you know, mm -hmm. who are, you know, I, I need to know who all of our clients, but thank goodness that we share that, you know, yeah. um, there's just a sense of honesty on every level um, and I know a lot of married couples are like, oh, do I have to tell my person? I mean, the person who I, I married to doesn't have to know everything about me. Right. Sure. But you have to prepare that at any time something can happen like this. And it's the honesty that kept us moving. Yeah. You know, it's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. For many days that I had to tell Charles, I'm like, Listen, I um, I don't know how I'm feeling, you know, about this, but I can tell you we're we're, we're going to continue. Yeah. Um, we're going to try to figure out, you know, mm -hmm. and I can tell you that I'm not happy, but I'm here. Oh, I'm no. not happy, but I'm here. Yeah, I love that. I'm stealing that. Yeah, <laughs> that is beautiful. With, I wasn't happy with what was going on, and we're not happy with you know with yeah. You know, but not know at one point, not knowing what he was going through, you yeah. know, I'm not happy to, you know, that, you know, suddenly that, you know, everything that, you know, just, I, I just had to jump in, but guess what? I did it because I'm here. I'm your wife. I'm her. I'm it for you. I hope, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, think, I think that's inaccurate. Yeah. <laughs> you know? based, yeah. Based off this, I feel like that's accurate. Yeah. yeah. So it was, you know, I'm, I'm just here. I'm, I'm, and I'm willing to go through it. Right. I'm willing to go through it. Um, it's, yeah. you know, it's, I, I think that's the best advice that I could give. It's the honesty, anything yeah. on your end. I mean, what do you. It, it is absolutely crucial to keep checking in with one another. Right. Mm. To keep telling the other what's mm. going on uh, with, with their with their lives and uh and and also creating that structure and that routine together that's that's also really significant you have to make mm -hmm. sure that you're doing that also continuing that journey of learning more about the condition doing that together like mm -hmm. the yeah. research and the learning is absolutely significant and important I right so learning as much absorbing consuming as much as you can about epilepsy 
mm-hmm. doing those support groups like we did the support groups did that together that's not mm-hmm. like an individual mm-hmm. uh you know a sort of individual thing that you should just do alone uh so you should start getting used to doing those things together because uh especially as your partner as your as your wife or your husband uh, you want them as your continuous advocate and in order for them to be an effective advocate they have to be on the same page. So everyone has to be on the same page yeah. in order for this to work, in order for that relationship to work. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, and just, you know, don't be afraid of that. Yeah, don't right? be afraid. Like, don't don't be afraid. One. Yeah, have no yeah. fear. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, when you have each other, you're not alone. So there's nothing to be afraid of. I really appreciate you guys being here. Before we um, end, I have like four questions for you that are not related to anything we just talked about. um okay number one what are what is your favorite and this is individual this is not like you have to answer as a couple favorite types of books to read favorite types of book um i don't know if i have a favorite genre i i like a little bit of everything yeah yeah that's it's like fair. music. It's like me music. I like a little bit of everything. If it's right? written, then I can read it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And someone says, "What's your favorite type of music?" I'm like, I don't. I I don't know how to answer that question. So I totally get it. Yeah. So, um. Uh, oh, that, go ahead. Sorry, Char. I I'm sorry. I thought Diane was answering for the group. No, no, <laughs> that's, that's okay. <laughs> I love three types of books. I love reading. Uh, love reading history. Mm-hmm. Uh, love reading about politics, public policy, mm-hmm. and I'm a big consumer of great science fiction novels i yep. love science yes. fiction oh cool okay um and those are like three genres that i've never delved into well history i love history but um yeah maybe one time you could tell me a good rec because it's like i always feel bad when i'm not into all genres you know yeah. I'm, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like i feel like i you know anyway number two um What's your favorite show or one that you're watching right now that you're really into? Maybe you though. You're you're a big. My favorite show mm-hmm. um, I'm watching right now. Uh, I, I I love this show right. Um, Slow Horses. I've heard so many good things about that. Okay, I need to check it out. So it has to be my favorite too because um, he watches it and I want <laughs> I want to be with him, so I want to. <laughs> You know? I know, right? So I don't want to miss out. So, yeah. so okay. you know, I, I, I get that. Slow horses and it's all on Apple TV. Slow horses and Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso's fantastic. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Yes, I'm. Yes, hardcore Ted Lasso. I think I've rewatched it like 14 times because it's just serotonin through the TV. It's just, it just makes me feel happy. Um, number three. What, and we kind of covered this, but um, what does it mean to be a partner? Um, I see. So it's like, every time I think about that, I just see a scale. Go on. Right? So being a partner means that when I'm not enough, that you can hopefully level me off and bring me and that has always been the way we try to to um implement you know partnership in our relationship so that's very beautiful i can't beat that no you can't no don't try <laughs> i'm nope. gonna go with that definition yeah, good call. Me too. It, it is it is it definitely is i feel the exact same way yeah, I'm stealing that one. I, I'm stealing like a gazillion of Diane's phrases from this <laughs> conversation. It happens with me all the time. I believe it. <laughs> um, and number four, what is one thing that you do in your self-care routine? I meditate, get up in the morning. And yeah, I just need, you know, I need to meditate and I'm, And then right after my meditation, gratitude. Hmm. You know, when people used to say that all the time to me, you know, I'm grateful for this and you need to, you know, live your life, you know, being grateful. And now it gotten to the point where I actually understand exactly what they're saying. Hmm. So life's, you know, it's not perfect. 
it will never be. Um, there are hardships, but yet I am grateful and filled with gratitude. Oh, that's beautiful. Again. You know, Charles. In terms of a daily wellness routine, I'm a big believer in the push-up. I'm doing like oh. daily, I, I get you should tell you, I get up in the morning and throughout the day. Uh, it was actually really devastating to me after the the big second uh, epilepsy event where I found out I had epilepsy, mm -hmm. and I couldn't do that for a while. Mm -hmm. Couldn't even do like two push-ups because uh, mm -hmm. I was just I had lost all my strength. Yeah. So, and and I, I'm a big believer in that. So I, I do push-ups like all throughout the day. <laughs> that's so smart though. Like, you know, I, that's something that I like, I'm like, I'm going to do that. And then I just forget, yeah. like, I just forget, but I love that. I love that just like, cause it's, it is just kind of taking a break from your day, yep. you know, it's just like, and in a way that works for you. And I love that. I think that's very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and very inspiring and maybe one day I'll do it. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Charles and Diane, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing. I am so appreciative of this conversation and you guys and um, just wishing you nothing but the best. Thank you. We're filled thank with gratitude you. for you and giving us a, a chance to tell our story, you know, and a platform. I think it's very important. What you're doing is like phenomenal. Yeah. And please understand that we're, as much as we're grateful for each other, we're grateful for, you know, you and, you know, just thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank, thank you for being you. such a great host. Yeah, ladies, oh, that means the world. Thank you. It's very work. Yeah. It really is. Like, yeah. Keep yeah. Up. yeah. Thanks, thank guys. you for sharing your story, too. Yes. Thank you. Yeah.